welcome to my movie studio apartment. This is Bill Kalmanson, and you're going to join me this afternoon or this evening or this morning or wherever you are and wherever you are listening to this on my uh, freshly appointed brand new kickoff podcast. And uh, right now I'm for sure the only one that's listening to this. Uh, and welcome to the Cockeyed Caravan. Where to get the name Cockeyed Caravan? It's the last line of perhaps one of my, well, certainly one of my favorite movies, and that would be Sullivan's Travels, uh, Preston Surge's brilliant comedy take on life and Hollywood. I think maybe one of the best movies ever made about Hollywood. Uh, you got to throw that in with Sunset Boulevard and um, The Player, perhaps. Uh, there are others, but certainly uh, Sullivan's Travels, uh, fantastic take on life and comedy and what's important and all those things. Uh, favorite movie, hence The Cockeyed Caravan is the name of this podcast, uh, the last line from that movie, and uh, broadcasting uh, live now, but re-recorded when you listen to it from my movie studio apartment, named so because, well, this is a studio apartment that I also made a movie in. Uh, and you're welcome to see that at any time. It's called The Solar Opposite, and I wrote and directed it, and it uh, is available on a numerous download sites, including iTunes, uh, Warner Home Video, Digital, Amazon Play. I think it's pretty it's, – it's findable with the exception of Netflix. For some reason, it's not available there. It was available there uh, back in the old days when they used to send the little – uh, DVDs in the mail, but no longer. So that's uh, my expression. What am I here for? Why am I doing this? What do I care about? Well, I'm personally living proof that if you're white and you're privileged and you hang in there and pay your dues and stay disciplined and never, ever let go of your dreams, you still might not make it. So here I am in the uh, bowels of obscurity, but I still feel the need to share and express, even though the local comedy stages at this moment will not have me. <laughs> Maybe because I'm not trying as hard as I should, but uh, I just have the scar tissue for so many years of uh, living on the other side of the velvet rope that I guess I'm taking a 20-year uh, voluntary or semi-voluntary, no, not voluntary, it would be involuntary, um, sabbatical from my life as a merchant of mirth, uh, that being a stand-up comedian here in the netherworld of Los Angeles, the nightclubs, the comedy scene. Um, but comedy about comedy to me is, is really not that interesting. I'm more interested in the world that's uh, flying around me. You know, it's been very hard to ignore over the last few years. The Well, he's in our face every day. He's corrupting our consciousness. He's taking over the last available brain cells for free thoughts. And that would be, of course, uh, the PVP. Um, what is PVP, you ask? Uh, I like to refer to him uh, with those uh, letters. Uh, PVP stands for Putin's vice president. And in a nutshell, I think that summarizes my basic belief of where uh, the current occupier of uh, the White House, where his loyalties lie. And there um, shouldn't be any doubt about that. I think his loyalties, well, he owes that guy. You know, my basic thing is if you take a loan, uh, if, you, if, if, you have a, if you own rather a, a little dry cleaning store, uh, clothing store, and you take a loan from Don Corleone, um, guess what? 
you're going to be washing Don Corleone's clothes for the rest of your life. And to me, in a nutshell, that's basically the situation that we're looking at. You know, we're all waiting for this Mueller investigation to give us basically the truth that we already know. He owes the guy. He's in debt. He was the beneficiary of tons of money um, that was laundered through his, you know, businesses and hotels and condominiums and buildings and what have you. And you follow the money, he owes them. Um, it's it's certainly not an accident or a coincidence that after, what, 70 years of a Cold War that in one presidential cycle we have a 180 um, of policy reversal. And uh, it certainly doesn't make sense by any uh, normal standard unless, of course, that person was in debt up to his fucking eyeballs to uh, – somebody else and that is really uh the story in my view and um i'm hoping that uh, we'll get some version of the truth uh as provided by mueller but in the short term with the current political uh constellation with uh my uh loving republican brothers and sisters in charge of uh what would that be uh two uh, branches of government, uh, it's unlikely in the short term uh, that he will be removed, unless, of course, uh, there's a change of government uh, in the midterm. So we'll see. And I think the core lesson, there's so many lessons, you know, if you want to, if you want to preserve free speech, speak freely. So that's what I'm doing here. Doesn't mean anybody's going to listen, but I'm going to speak freely. And um, that's just sort of the core mantra of this little podcast. And I'm hopeful that the new technology available to us all, meaning this microphone and this computer and the Internet outside of it, will allow some poor uh, souls to listen to, you know, my rantings and ravings. Um, So what's up? You know, what's coming at my way? I mean, firstly, we've got this terrible, uh, the border stuff with the um, horrible, you know, separations of uh, young people from their parents who've crossed... uh, who knows, God knows how many miles uh, to get to the uh, promised land where all the promises seem to get broken. Um, <laughs> I misread that little speech on the Statue of Liberty. Uh, you know, I kind of got that wrong. Apparently not uh, when you cross the border. I think that's only from seafaring um, people on boats. If you're scurrying across desert uh borders uh from southern nations where people are generally darker uh that promise uh, no we didn't mean that for you it was specifically meant for people from northern european countries white people and for trump i think he specifically is encouraging uh white models from former eastern bloc uh, uh yugoslavia that would mean today uh croatia herzegovina uh, you know slovenia those countries we will take your models uh your foxy little blonde haired chick and we'll happily uh, patriate them into uh, our country. But you little Mexican folks, uh, you folks scrambling up from Central America, that would be El Salvador, uh, Nicaragua, those places where you're being hunted and terrorized by uh, death squads and gangs and drug dealers and cartels. No, uh, that, 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 those, that little inscription at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty does not apply to you, nor does it apply to your children. Uh, sorry, it's just the, the new rules. And... You know, for a lot of people, you know, I'm watching television and they're all shocked by this. They're all looking at this and going, oh, my God, what a travesty and uh, what a tragedy, what a travesty, what a mockery of who we are as Americans. 
Uh, well, that's a bigger question of who we are as Americans. I, I know one thing as Americans, we're, we're deluded, <laughs> self-deluded about who we are as Americans. Uh, but it shouldn't come as a surprise. That's my point. Uh, Trump, for all his deviousness, for all his, uh, he is so detached from anything truthful in his own weird, backhanded, strange way. He's amongst the most honest presidents we've ever had. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, the first day of his campaign, when he descended that escalator, the first thing he said is those fucking Mexicans, those are rapists, uh, those people coming across the border, they're criminals. Uh, they're here to terrorize us. They're here to scare us. So he, you know, quickly proclaimed his intent really from the beginning. And while they were indeed lies that he was speaking out of his mouth, the larger truth, which is who he is, the racism that he was trying to embolden, the xenophobia, the hatred, it was all there uh, on display for anybody and everybody to observe and take note of. And certainly many did, uh, for better or worse. Now, I always like to talk about this, uh, the selection. Uh, election doesn't seem to be the best word for me. Selection is the word that um, would be my preference. And, yeah, it was a ripoff. It was uh, completely manipulated. It was a convergence of so many uh, circumstances, the first one of which was uh, America is, well, evenly divided. Let's put it this way. Hillary Clinton had such a baggage, uh, such, so much baggage. Um, not that she deserved the hatred she got, by no means, but she always reminded me of one of those A students that everybody loved to hate. And Trump was basically a C minus or a D student and, you know, was able to tap into that kind of hatred towards uh, her, his better uh, in, in the form of Hillary Clinton. She was kind of like that A student that we love to hate. The only thing that they didn't mention is she was an A student because she fucking studied harder. She worked harder to become an A student, whereas uh, the billionaire brat boy, the slacker, I don't think he worked that hard. I don't think he's really ever worked that hard in his life except to promote his brand, which we are all suffering with today. Um, ironically, it's just, you know, one of the biggest tragedies is that I'm talking about this so much. It's so hard to avoid. I mean, he's occupied our brain space to such a degree. It's almost like uh, this kind of cancer that just is metastasized into our consciousness and there's no free brain space to talk about stuff that like you know, I'm normally occupied, which is sex, relationships, my career, all those trivial things. But no, I think we're in a special time under special circumstances and it's hard to ignore. I'm hopeful that someday, sooner than later, he will be flushed from the nether regions of our brain space, and we can concentrate on all the uh, trivial pursuits that generally uh, occupy us on a day-to-day -day level. So that's my basic uh, sort of feeling here from uh, my movie studio apartment. Um, I certainly don't want to repeat myself. I've had no preparation here other than to say that... Um, this is an experiment uh, to see if, one, I can say anything meaningful or delve into the my own brain for some kind of clarity about the chaos that is surrounding us and me, myself, and I, all three of us. And two, if there's any interest out there uh, from people, 
<laughs> who knows? You throw stuff out there, and uh, I've certainly not been very good with my numerous Facebook postings uh, attracting uh, any interest for anything I've ever written or said beyond just a very small circle of close friends. Um, so my capacity as a broadcaster has been severely limited, but I'm here alone in my apartment facing down my microphone, which I normally use for voiceovers. Uh, well, I audition for voiceovers. I don't really get them. You know, I, it's another empty exercise in, um, you know, my journey into obscurity, living proof that if you hang in there, pay your dues, stay disciplined, and never, ever let go of your dreams, you still might not make it. And that's why, and I don't want to quote my own material, but I do mean this, it's important to try and maintain a balance, an equilibrium, if you will, between the personal and the professional. And I, I frankly can say this in absolute uh, clarity of conscience that I feel after a lot of inner work and a tremendous amount of meditation, I've finally achieved that balance because now I have no personal life and no professional life. Bingo. I'm right there. Equilibrium city. So that being said, I'm still happy in spite of my disappointments. And I'm, I'm been throttled by other more personal recent events, uh, that have gone on beyond, the uh, travesty of Trumptopia, which never s seems to boggle the mind or stop in its assault on everything. And that is Anthony Bourdain. Um, I'm really, there was nobody I really admired more in, you know, in, in recent years than him. Admired him just because of the life that he had lived and created for himself was so thrilling, was so exciting, was so um, adventurous. It was such an invitation to cross-cultural exploration with food, of course, just being the conduit to, you know, other avenues of, of communication between societies. He seemed to me to represent much of what is best about our country and the life also that I've tried in my own limited way without the attention of CNN to live. And he seemed to have done it in spectacular fashion. And yet, in spite of that fame, in spite of, um, I just think the, the recognition and, and just the adventure that he had lived and the life he was living, his life, at one moment, just maybe a little less or more than a week ago was no longer worth living and he unceremoniously took it. And that followed close on the heels of another fabulously successful and self-invented uh, New Yorker, um, Kate Spade. Uh, now, I'm not... Uh, I'm not someone who's into handbags and accessories, but I recognized her success. And yet, there was a time bomb ticking inside of her. And then, of course, equally of as puzzling and tragic, of course, some just, I don't know what, how long it's been, two years ago, Robin Williams, in spite of his success, somebody who had lived at the absolute Mount Everest of adulation, of, of creative opportunities and fulfillment, uh, you know, I look at his life and his career as a obscure comedian, you know, who'd spent so many evenings 
staring longingly up at that stage, waiting for a little morsel of stage time and witnessed Robin and all his glory, you know, just shattering, destroying audiences. And, you know, any and every opportunity anybody could imagine, you know, was laid at his feet. Um, he was beloved and admired, had families, certainly all the money anyone could ever imagine. And yet, like Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, his life, for whatever reason, wasn't worth living. So I now can say with absolute authority that money and fame and accomplishment does not bring happiness. We now know that. We can say that without a doubt. That has been proven. And in addition to which, I can say... There's a lot of mystery in the dark places because ultimately these things are kind of inexplicable. They don't really offer up rational reasons other than that in those private spaces there's a kind of horror and insanity and um, maybe we're all just very delicate chemistry sets and uh if that chemistry gets altered in the wrong direction, why then maybe there is no protecting us from ourselves. And so without knowing any of them, well, I did had met Robin. Even though I felt like I knew Anthony Bourdain better than I knew Robin Williams. Robin Williams, to me, some comedians offer windows into themselves and others offer mirrors, meaning they reflect back at you and you don't really get to look inside. I, I felt that Robin was certainly a mirror, not a window. Ultimately mysterious, I think, to the world. Um, I guess you could cobble together a truth about who he was. I mean, he for sure was a kindly person. certainly wasn't mean or bad. But he didn't offer up himself, I thought. Alternatively, I think Anthony Bourdain, while he wasn't a comedian, was offered not only a window into the world, but a window into himself. And he was somebody I would have loved to have met. Ironically, now I'm reading his book, Kitchen Confidential, which uh, was a bestseller, I guess, and sort of launched him out of obscurity into public consciousness, paved the way for his rise uh, into, you know, as a celebrity chef and worldwide adventure and raconteur, this book was the ultimate springboard. But reading it, you know, I think had I read it a month ago, it would have been very light kind of uh, beach-type reading. But now that he's off himself, it's more or less reads to me kind of like a mystery, looking for clues as to why, how, perhaps, you know, some roadmap to his demise or clues that might be offered up in this book thus far no not finding them but he'd like to live on the edge he liked his uh heroin heroin um same age as me 62 60 i'm 62 i think he's 61 or was so 
we traversed some of the same territory when I was a young actor comedian in New York and, you know, kicking around trying to get stage time. He was making his name as a young chef in uh, New York restaurants. So there's something about his demise that is unsettling, and I'm sure to others also. But, you know, I guess cuts to the larger question of what is happiness. How do you get happiness? Is happiness a state of being? How do you get happy? Happiness seems to me like the result. To me, happiness is a discipline, and it's the discipline of gratitude. And when you lose sight of the gratitude for just being alive, whatever your circumstance, then the illusory state of being referred to as happiness can become extremely elusive. So gratitude, I think, is the discipline that yields happiness. If you go for happiness, like, I want to be happy, like, go for that directly, that leads us down the blind alleys of hedonism and conspicuous consumption and all the other traps and ills that befuddle us in this world. So that's not comedy. I don't even know if it's wisdom, but that's my best uh, guesstimate for that word. I know it's enshrined in our constitution, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's all there for us to uh, go after, enshrined in our founding national documents, the core covenant that uh, articulates the relationship between the public and our government, yet there wasn't much additional help to uh, provided from our founding fathers into how to pursue happiness. And um, that's probably should have referred us to some important gurus in India, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, pursuing happiness in and of itself seems to be like a blind alley. Pursuing accomplishment, pursuing achievement, pursuing social justice, those things yield something maybe deeper than happiness, satisfaction, well-being, not sure. But, anyway, that's my riff on Anthony and Kate and Robin and life. And this is the opening podcast for me here on the Cockeyed Caravan, live from my studio, uh, movie studio apartment, let's call it that. Um, and thank you for indulging. This is Bill Kalmanson, over now.